Hi, I'm Josh McKinney. And I'm Eric Windsor. Welcome to Gut Check, the show where we have a candid conversation about gaming culture. Today we're talking about next-gen systems. Specifically, we're talking about the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Mad Cats' Mojo, and Steam Machines. Before we get into this, I just want to say, though, it's great to be back. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you. I don't know how long I'll be back, but I'm back for today! <laughs> Woo-woo! Yes, right. You have shirked off the responsibilities of being a responsible parent <laughs> to come talk about video games. And I'm happy to do it. Yay. What's my daughter's name? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're looking over at me. I forgot to bring a little sticky note to remind me. Oh, God. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> it is great to be back, though, seriously. And I'm excited to be talking about this uh, topic today because, you know, taking care of a new little girl. Had a lot of time to keep reading on the internets and stuff and keeping up with some of that stuff. And, and the fact is we're, we're mere weeks away from the launch of, of the beginning of all these next-gen systems coming out. So it's uh, it's going to be an onslaught of new technology. Very true. And so what's shaping our conversation today is what we're excited about from these four machines. Uh, some anxious, what's keeping us anxious, a little bit of apprehension, and what are our expectations from each one of them. Uh, so, what do you say? Let's get started. Talk let's about, jump into this thing. Let's talk about Xbox One. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's talk about sports and TV. Sports and TV. Um, I'm actually excited about this system. I don't know. Are you, are you excited about it at all? I am. I just, I don't, I just, I don't like the price tag. That that's my biggest complaint. But I understand. How much was it? Five hundred. Yes, it's five hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah, I get it. It's a hundred dollars more for the PlayStation Four. Correct. Correct. Okay. So 500 bucks, uh, big price tag. You know, it, it's true. It's, it's a lot of money. Uh, I'm excited at, believe it or not, the TV aspects of it. Oh, yeah. The, the pass-through where you have the ability to just swap without having to change your inputs. Yep. That's, that's one of the things that I think I'm looking forward to most when I actually get one. Yeah. And I will get one. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not disparaging it to say I'm not going to ever own an Xbox One. I will get one eventually. Mm-hmm. But I'm just... I. I just, yeah, I just can't get past that that number. That number just hits me so hard. I just like, nope. My wallet said too much. Yeah, walked away. Plus, with the hundred that I'm saving, I mean, I could get a next gen system and still have money left over to get maybe one or two games. And for me, that seems more of a better value mm-hmm. than just throwing the whole kitty out for just one system and being sitting, you know, just sitting there going. Eh. The connect works nice. Yeah. I can, I can change channels and swap back and forth and open up apps without, you know, grabbing for a remote or a controller. Yeah. But yeah. You but know, what, 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 are you, what are you most excited for besides the television aspects and the integration of, of media and games with uh, the Xbox One? Truly, those are the, the selling points for me. I'm really, really excited about those pieces. I'm excited how it'll integrate into the television and just uh, supposedly be seamless integration, being able to swap back and forth through all the apps of being able to play a game. And then, you know, dinner time comes and we watch TV as a family. I just say Xbox TV, boom, takes right over there to it. Or I say Xbox Netflix, pauses my progression in the game, just right then and there and not having to worry about it. And um, I'm really excited about that. And you know, I'm excited about you know games, Dead Rising Three. You and I are both huge Dead Rising fans, so really, really excited about that. And you know, this is the only game I have pre-ordered right now. Okay. So, and incidentally, it was the first Xbox One game that I played around with when we were at PAX Prime mm-hmm. uh, last month. 
Um, and it was one of the last games that I played before I left the convention. And it, it, it truly impressed me between the graphical representation of the game, the fluidity of uh, the gameplay, you know, the frame rate of the graphics and whatnot. So, Yeah, I, I have to say, just up front, out of all four systems we're talking about today, um, you will be surprised which one I'm the most excited about. Ooh. Because it's not this one. I, I I think I know which one it is. Yeah. So, it, anyway. It's the one that has the most potential. It's true. It is the one that has the most potential. Potentially. <laughs> so, for me, the Xbox One, I, I'm, I'm very excited about Dead Rising 3. Um, highly excited about the return of uh, Killer Instinct. Um, I'm not 100% keen on the way they're going about it making it a free-to-play game and then parsing out having to pay for characters yeah um but i get that um but uh, for me the biggest the biggest hurdle is still that price that price point um i don't care about the forced integration of connect or you know having to buy that equipment along with it i get it it's a whole all-in-one package uh-huh. i think that's what I think that's a smart way to go about it because then you don't have, as a consumer, you don't have to think about what other accessories are around the corner. You already have everything in one fell swoop. Yeah. I mean, force integration with connect. I mean, I just wanted to put my two cents in really quick. Okay. The way I look at this is the extra screen and the DS, which then, you know, so you went from a game boy advance to a DS. You've got two screens. Uh, the Wii U, you've got two screens. Um, you have to make that uniform across the board because if you don't, then for a developer, it makes it very difficult to create a game that would work universally across all systems. You know, it's hard to, you know, create a game that only uses maybe the connect on some of the levels versus just they can count every consumer having a connect. So I think like with Nintendo, when they had the two screen system, they're going. They opened it up and they said, "Look, developers, you have no choice. You have two screens now. You have to do something with that second screen." If they had made that optional, people would have just stuck with one screen development because it's cheaper. They didn't have to think outside the box. Right. So, I'm excited about that as well. For for me, what will actually prove that it's worth it, and and all of this money that that Microsoft has invested into Connect technology, integrating it in with their next gen system is if they can do something besides voice commands. Voice commands and just modeling. Yeah, it's a definitely an uphill battle because it's it's kind of like, well what what are we going to see this next gen stuff? You know, what is it going to do? Why, you know, connect. We had a lot of hopes for originally, but what is it going to produ- produce that's different than the experiences we have now where it kind of feels like it's shoehorned in. Right. I'm right there with you and I felt the same way about the DS when it first came out. But now I've got a 3DS XL, and I couldn't. I don't. I couldn't imagine my life without it. <laughs> Very true points. So, uh, but I will say, as far as anxiousness, apprehensive. You know, I am apprehensive about Connect because I'm excited about it, but I'm apprehensive because I think it, it could potentially be a fumble. Oh, definitely. You know, talking Xbox One sports here. <laughs> it's gonna be a fumble, and they could just. It could be just the same old, same old, where voice integration is great, but what is it doing for me from a yeah. value? Besides me already having a controller in my hand. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Because you got that $100 price point, and then you get a little bit of a, I don't know. Well, I, even if I could just take a step out of my own head, my own space, and look past the price point, look past the equipment itself, how is it 
you know, how is it used within games? How does it innovate change and make things different? Because I was in the original Kinect beta. You know, I've seen the I've seen that project from start to fruition and beyond. And I've yet to find a solid Kinect game besides maybe Dance Central where it works, integrates, there's a reason behind the gear and the technology that that is fluid and intuitive and useful in gameplay, in terms of gameplay. Other than that one franchise. <laughs> so, don't forget Gunstringer. Gunstringer's nice, yeah. but it gets super repetitive. Very, very quickly. No more though, so than Call of Duty. Right, but Call of Duty doesn't, I mean, up until now, they don't think Call of Duty's use Connect. so. I'm just saying from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. Anything can get repetitive. Yeah. So. I'm just talking about specifically throwing the spotlight in the hot seat. All right. The Connect and Connect games. All right. So, and I've tried out a lot of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's talk about PlayStation 4. What are okay. you most excited about? I'm excited for the games. Um, uh, intuitively the, um, let's see, uh, uh, infamous second son, uh, knack. Um, I've seen a lot more videos on knack now, secret ponchos, uh, tiny brains. Um, uh, there's a lot of indie games, um, that I've seen, uh, that are not exclusive to the PlayStation four, but I'm excited for because of controls and whatnot and the controller, you know, it wasn't even a PlayStation 4 game that I played with, but the first time I had a PlayStation 4 controller in my hands when I was doing the uh, the behind doors uh, demoing for Dying Light mm-hmm. with Warner Brothers and Techland, um, they were using dev PCs running the game, but they were using PlayStation 4 controllers. And it, it was so fluid and intuitive, and it felt like I had the best evolved DualShock controller in my hand. Like, this was the best of everything thrown into one sweet chassis. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm excited for me. That's what just really sold it. Like I played around with the Xbox One controller, and it felt a little clunky in my hands, but I was still intuitively fun um, compared to the old one. I didn't really didn't have any complaints with the 360 controller. I liked it the way it was. So um, I didn't think it needed improvements, right? Um, to the extent that they did, as far as adding on and changing, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't pinpoint it. It's, and it's, it's not like marketing or anything like that. It just, in terms of like technology, um, the hardware underneath the hood for the PlayStation four just has me excited. Potential potential has me excited. Very cool. How about yourself? Um, you know, I'm excited just, you know, the system itself, the new games, uh, you know, like the, what is it? The order. Is yeah, that, order uh, sixteen sixty seven or something like that, or eighteen eighty seven. I don't know. Uh, it looks looks fantastic. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. I'm I'm just excited for the you know, just the opportunities that are there as far as the next gen technologies go, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I I think for you know the PlayStation Four definitely has that hundred dollar less point price point, right. which is a little more attractive. And so between the two boxes, I'll be honest, I could flip a coin. It just, you know, as far as choosing one over the other, mm-hmm. it's, it would be a coin flop for me just because I look at both technologies about the same, games are about the same. Um, I know Sony's all in on these indies, you know, it, it seems like more so than Microsoft for sure. Uh, but, 
nothing out there has just grabbed me and like, oh my gosh, I have to play that. Yeah, the games like like uh, much like you like uh, the games are nice. A lot of new sequels I'm excited for. Um, pretty pretty shiny shiny. Yep. But um, I go back to the hardware. Like Microsoft really hasn't done a good job showing off their cloud uh, um, experience. I don't know if it's going to be the same that it's been with the 360, but it's in terms of like downloading games, um, integration between profile management and things of that nature, streaming from the cloud. What Sony has been able to do by integrating that uh, Gakai service, all those servers and whatnot, being able to download the game and play as soon as it starts downloading, not having to wait for 10, 15, 20%, just instantly go because you're playing off of a cloud server while it's downloading from another cloud server to your hard drive. I think that is what really gets me excited. Because they announced that, that for Xbox as well, though. Same I, thing. I hadn't seen that, so. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, also being able to separately download single player, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not a knock against multiplayer, but I tend to play more single player games. Right. So having that option of being able to, to, to download that section and be playing in that section while the other's downloading is going to be another thing that I really like. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I, I, I'd be interested to, to, to find offline if uh, well, once we're done, if, if Microsoft actually yeah. did, did say that. So. so my apprehensions for the PlayStation 4, it, I mean, so they're kind of similar to the Xbox in the, in the sense that I, I'm happy with both the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 right now. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them is promised or shown something that I'm like, oh, this is drastically different. And so my apprehension is it'll take a couple of years to get there <laughs> to to really demonstrate why this uh, purchase was really worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, because while the games look great, I it, nothing have I really seen that has me con- beyond Metal Gear Solid Five. None of the other stuff has been like, oh, that's truly next gen. Y- you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's kind of my apprehension right there. Well, I think we're in a, we're in the mix of of transitioning between generations. Yep. So we're going to see a lot of layover crossover where there's not really much of a difference because um, we're just now starting to see the games that are being presented on on the on these next gen systems. At the same time, we're at the end of the life cycle where the biggest potential, the best that companies are able to get out of the existing generation are the cream of the crop, the best, you know, ever. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, what we haven't quite cracked the potential for the new systems just because we haven't put them through their paces. Mm-hmm. So. And I get it's, that. It's just more of like the value, yeah. you know, the, hey, you got to, you know, $400, $500 to pay for the same technologies right now, in a sense. It's, it's scary how very similar with custom-built GPUs and, you know, everything under the hood for both next-gen systems, specifically Xbox One and PlayStation 4, to see them so closely match, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially being so secretive and not sharing back and forth and, and no no reveals to the public until they just pulled back the curtain. Right. Um, it, it's just, it's really interesting to see how very similar they are going into the next next generation. I know, the, the, the odds that they chose the same architecture, it's weird. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, yeah. So, so let's shall talk. We, shall we move on? Let's talk Mad let's, Cat's mojo. Let's talk to the one that's the dark horse here that I, I don't think people are going to pay attention to, and they should. I, I agree. This is actually the one I'm most excited about. And I it's the knew it. Mad Cat's mojo. 
And we heard about this back in January um, at uh, CES, right? They kind of teased it a little bit. I early. believe so. So like right after CES or during the same week of CES? I don't remember. Madcat sent out a press release to all the media and kind of said, you know, oh, we got this Android console thing we're working on. They weren't really really forthcoming with all the information and they, it, they've kind of been that way. They've kind of st- steady trickle of information leading up to its reveal. And then we got a chance to play with one at uh, PAX prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell, tell our audience a little bit about the Mojo. No. So Mojo is kind of mad cats's response to Oya game stick and all those other kind of consoles. Uh, it will allow you to take any Android marketplace so whether it be Amazon, Android, or Google Play, Google Play, any of that, yep. and put play the games right on your TV. It comes with a, a custom Mad Cats controller. It's um, their CTRLR, I believe. They're basically they're they anagronize like uh, <laughs> the basic word for control. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's their Xbox 360 controller, basically, yeah. <laughs> which is it's a great controller. Uh, it's very comfortable, and uh, but it's just it's this little tiny console, and then you can play it's, any movies, uh, music, games that you've purchased on any of those Android marketplaces right there on your TV, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool. Um, it's two hundred forty nine ninety nine though, and so people will hear that and go, "Say what?" Because that's a lot of money. Two hundred fifty dollars is a, is, a, is a big buy in, and I and I questioned that when they first initially announced the MSRP for that. Yeah, but then. They had some things under the hood that they weren't. They didn't quite show their entire hand yet. Correct, because so you look at the specs. The specs are almost identical to Nvidia Shield, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, wow, why do you need all that power to play an Android-based game? Yeah, it's weird. Well, it's it's almost as if they they initially started out with maybe uh, the the thoughts of a of a Roku, yeah, like a media streaming device. Um, that had an integrated controller mm-hmm. for, for playing games. Then they modified it, it with Android, throwing in a little bit better technology. And then you got with integration of games, media, and music, now you've got an entertainment device. You've got a console. Right. Right. And then they've got all this power under the hood. Mm-hmm. And much like you said, the NVIDIA Shield is because... It will allow you to stream your PC games to your television. While using the controller. While using the controller. So via the box. Uh, they haven't really gotten into detail about how exactly that's going to work yet. But the principle is you're playing Skyrim on your PC. You activate your little box and now you're playing it on your TV. It just streams it right there. Boom. It's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited by that. <laughs> I'm so excited. It does everything that the Oya wants to do. Yep. It does everything that normal Android devices do, whether it's a tablet, a mobile device, or you know, uh, Android console, yeah. the ones that have come out um, or are currently coming to the market. Um, and it does, it does full integration with all of the Google Play apps, which it, it, that in and of itself is worth it for the price of admission. And you don't have to rebuy all that stuff because it just links it to your, to your account. account. Yep. And then with Am- Amazon on top of that, having that, that's the second biggest Android app marketplace. Mm-hmm. So having that integrated along with it, I mean, you've got, you've got a lot. You do. <laughs> you have so much potential right there. And having that with uh, Mad Katz's, um, uh, pretty, pretty nice technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you were kind of the joke of, of third party, you know, manufacturers back in the day, but 
clear the cobwebs out of yeah. your minds. Get you know, come 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 back and take a look, a second look at Mad Cats. Mad Cats is a player now. They they have they have they have amassed all of that third party money and have become a first party absolutely like, contender. Absolutely. Um, and and when we played the the console at PAX uh, PAX Prime, you know it was still really kind of beta ish. It wasn't it wasn't finalized, and so it was it was okay. And when they when it was just simply the Android marketplace, it, w- it felt a little limited for sure. Mm-hmm. And we played a few games on it, and there was a little bit of noticeable lag. And um, but it, you know it was a clean interface. It was easy to navigate. We figured stuff out. Um, but this new, you know, being able to stream your PC games, is just like, whoa, that is the ace in the hole. That is the ace in the hole. And it's just like you said, it's, it's just, it'll do everything that oil will do, it'll do everything that, you know, a game stick will do, except it'll do it better. And it has access to a much larger library. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Really excited. I, I, I liken it. Like I said, it, it's, it's the, it's the best of all worlds mm-hmm. getting an Oya. Getting you know a media player like a Roku, and then getting a Shield all in one device. Yeah, and at two fifty. I know. I mean, that's it, it, it. Initially, when you think about it, it is kind of a hard pill to swallow because that's a lot of money. It is. That's that's that, that's more expensive than a Vita. Yeah. You know. What's a Vita? <laughs> a Vita is a handheld. From it's, Nintendo. It's a it's a fabled fabled magical creature that you don't need to worry about. Oh, it was the Nokia Vita? That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Oh God, I've missed. I've missed this. <laughs> I'm I've back. Missed, I've missed this so much. That troll has returned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in in terms of innovative, interesting technology, let's let us go to the fourth uh, interesting piece of tech we're excited to talk about today. The is, Steam Machine. Yeah, Valve came out of nowhere and said, "Hey, we make hardware now." Guys, they made they made three announcements in one week. Yep. They announced an operating system that is basically their own operating system mixed in with a little bit of Linux. Yeah. To make things nice and easy. Because Microsoft pissed them off, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they announced the official name for Steam Boxes, which is now called Steam Machines. Yeah, like Beast Machines, so hopefully it's better than that series was. Oh yeah. Yeah. No predacons. <laughs> no predacons. <laughs> And then, then at the end of the week, they announced a really, really interesting controller that is completely programmable, hackable. It's it's an interesting piece of tech. I I, I see those eyes. No one else here, <laughs> except for in the studio, could see. It is bonkers. But it is. It is. But did you watch the video? Oh yeah. Okay. And that made me even scratch my head. I like I pulled out scalp. I was like, what? I, I am really, really, I, I don't know why, but I want to get behind this because I think I think it is going to be more interesting than people expect. I think I, because it's programmable to whatever you want. Right. Means you can make it a customized experience for Josh or for Switch or for Eric. Well, so what are you the most excited about? Between the three? Yeah, well, Steam Machine. What is the most exciting thing for you? Just like, oh my gosh, slap my money down right now. Um, having access to my entire Steam library on my computer, but if it costs more than two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> <laughs> I I might I might have to put put my money in the Mojo Ring. Right. You know that that's that's the crux. Is it, it, it's it's the same song I've been singing all day today. It's it's about the money. Yeah. 
that 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 sweet price because well, mom- it's about value. Yeah. Truly, it's about the value you're getting for your money. You know, because if any of these consoles were you know above the five hundred dollar price point, if they showed the true value for that. It would be a whole different discussion. But when you have all similar ranges of prices and then it's like, well, what am I getting more than this? And there's really, it makes you scratch your head and go, I don't know what we're really getting anymore. So then that that's where, you know, you got to go with the, the big bucks for sure. Yeah. And that that's where my biggest apprehension is for the Steam Machine. While I'm very, very excited is that I think it's going to be very costly because yeah. you have to have beefy technology to run a lot of those games. And to be able to play some of the newer games as they come out. This isn't something that you want to have to make an investment in and then continually upgrade. Because what are you doing different there than besides just running a high-end PC that yep. has HDMI out to your television? Right. So that 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 to me is, it, while it's a great, interesting announcement and I want to see more... I, Signed up like everyone else on the planet. Signed up for the beta, hoping I might be one of those lucky, you know, three hundred. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I want to see what the actual reality is going to be. You know, in terms of because it, you know, Gabe Newell has said is earlier this year was that there isn't just a standard for these these steam machines. There's going to be hundreds of varieties to fit a budget for any type of gamer out there, so they can have that experience. Yeah. Um, Valve is going to work hard to get Steam into the living room. I think that's what it's going to that's what it's going to run down to is to to how are manufacturers, how are, you know, um, hardware manufacturers going to put Steam in the living room and what's it going to cost you? Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. the same things that you are. Steam on your TV. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I'm apprehensive for many of the same reasons. You know, my biggest thing is Steam. If I, you know, as a, as a father, why would I buy a steam machine for my child over a really good computer? Because I look at steam machines, you're still going to have to upgrade Mm -hmm. because they're still computers. They're Linux based. So I can't use my windows office, you know, my, my Microsoft office functionality. Mm -hmm. Um, so then my kids can't use it for, uh, projects for school. Right. It's not a PC. It's not a PC. Exactly. It's It's a console. So it's just, and so I need, like you, to see the price point. Because if it's $500 or more, I don't see the point of it. I, 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 I understand the convenience and the appeal of that. But a system that I will have to keep upgrading, why don't I not just buy a next generation console then? So that's my hesitation right there. But like you, I want to see what they're going to do with this. You know, the controller, it's weird looking, but it's a really interesting approach to it. And I would love to get my hands on it and play around with it, you know, and there's a lot of potential there because they don't, they don't half-ass things. Right. They're not known for doing that. They're known for taking their time and getting it right, um, which is admirable. And I hope they do that here. But with the piston confusion of Steam Box, Steam Machine. Has nothing to do with Valve, though. Has nothing to do with Valve. But I'm just saying, with that initial confusion, it was a little... Uh, I honestly think that that X One or whoever that co- is, is Piston the name of the company or is it's Piston called the Piston. It's the X One. Yeah, the, the the that company I think was just kind of riding the the wave of excitement with the announcement of Steam Boxes because it was very suspicious. You know, well they had a partnership that then Valve and them they went their separate ways and it sounded like it was yeah. a bitter breakup. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know. It was just weird because that thing's a thousand bucks and we right. all look at the tech and that and go, no, 
the thing isn't even out yet. And right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but the steam machine, the concept, the idea, I'm right there with you. Uh, if there's, if this becomes an affordable way to bring nice, high quality steam, you know, to your, your um, home television, that's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be kind of this game changer. Uh, you know, if we talk about all the consoles as a whole right now, I kind of look at this we're, we're it's almost like the 80s again. We've got all these consoles, the all these different, I mean, it's like the Ataris, the ColecoVisions, the Intellivision. I mean, it's got every, all this stuff going on. So it's just what's going to happen to games? What's yeah. going to happen to developers? Um, are they, you know, what, how can a developer make one game for just one system now and, and be profitable? Uh, you know, you've got you know, the Oya, the GameStick, the Mojo, the Steam Machine, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, the Wii U. You've got the handhelds, the Vita, the D. I mean, you've got all these avenues. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whoa, what, what is this going to do? Is it going to saturate the market or will it just be, kind of make the market, will the market fix itself into kind of just... Um, it'll write itself by creating kind of like little factions of, well, if you really love to do this, you'll play this. If you really love this, you'll do this. We're all going to turn into post-apocalyptic warring factions. We've basically created Mad Max, but with technology. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited, but it's, I I, I really want to see what's this. I feel like we're in this historic moment where things have the potential of history has the potential of repeating itself because it does, mm-hmm. or we're going to write a new chapter. It's kind of like that. The, um, the first iPod moment where Apple rewrote the whole chapter chapter for handheld music players, the iPod changed everything. Perhaps this new wave of technology will do the same. Viva Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think it's about time. It is about that time. Uh, once again, happy to be back. Happy to be here. Um, great. Thanks for having me back, guys. Oh, we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so, um, if you have any questions for the show, if you have any facts that you need to point out to us because we got it wrong, feedback, concerns, <laughs> compliments, taunts teases if you want to send a a picture to josh's nameless child if you want to send us fan art if you want to tell me the name of my child please help me if you have a movie script that you want to get out and we'll act it out um just send it send it to uh gutcheck at otlgaming.com so until i see you again maybe next week i don't know what's gonna happen but (laughs) i love i love being a father again it's awesome but until then I'm Josh McKinney. I'm Eric Windsor. Thank you. And signing off. (laughs) And good luck. Gut Check is produced by Dangerous Kids and is part of the Dangerous Kids Network. Find us online at DangerousKids.net or through OTLGaming.com. Music for Gut Check is from the album version of Watch You Gone by Jonathan Colton and is used under the Creative Commons license. Gut Check was filmed by a live studio audience.